Hello, hello. Welcome back to She Wakes Up. Happy Friday. It is actually Friday um, when you are listening to this. And if you listen to Tuesday's episode, you may have caught my little oops where I said we were going to feature our third guest this week on Friday. I was wrong. I lied. I'm sorry. I forgot totally that we were going to have Samantha's part two. And I'm sure if you listen to part one, you're like, hey, wait a minute. That's not right. What happened? I need to hear the rest of her story. Don't worry. I got you. That is what we're going to listen to today is Samantha's part two. So you're going to be able to hear the rest of her story and how she just shares her journey with her faith. And you get to hear more about what happened to her marriage and her father. And she really does provide some good inspiration. And she just is such a, I don't even know what the right word is for her because she is she's a survivor. She's so strong. She is she is courageous and such an inspiration for her to be able to come on and share her story. I'm blessed that I got to have a conversation. I got to know her and very excited for you to get to know and hear her story as well. So we're going to even just skip the intro. We're going to dive right into part two so that you can finally get the whole story and not be hanging on a cliff anymore. If you missed part one, it's not too late. You can go back and listen to that. That way you can get the whole story from start to finish her journey and her message throughout what she shares with us. So with that being said, let's welcome Samantha back and just dive right into where we left off. What happened from there? Once you started to have this mindset shift and speak to him that way, I mean, what happened next? So it got to where for one, the weight that had been on me that was like you were talking about earlier, just that exhausting, overbearing weight, it was still there, but it wasn't as heavy. So that's how it benefited me. And there were moments like glimpses of joy that I would get Mm -hmm. that I'd never gotten before. And they would always come after I spent time with God. And when I spend time with God, it's, I love worship music. And so I always try to start with a fast song and I dance and I get, you know, and I just like (laughs) dance all over the place and get all of the bad energy out of me. And then I put on a slow song and allow myself to just weep. And then I get quiet and listen for anything he has to say to me. Were your emotions different? Like how you allowed yourself to feel those emotions. Was it different this time than it was before? Yeah. Because before it was like a cyclone, you know, like I go from, from angry to crazy, to screaming, to stress, to like, you name it. I felt it. And probably all at the exact same time. Yeah. (laughs) It was so bad. (laughs) I've been there. Yeah. And then after this shift of when God told me to stay loyal and I started seeing, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do it the way God tells me to, because he's the one that told me to stay loyal. He knows the beginning from the end. So I'm going to trust that he knows what's best for me. Mm -hmm. And once you get that perspective, all of a sudden your emotions are better too, because you're no longer, it's almost like, you know, like on steps, it's almost like you've taken a step up where you're not down in the dirt any longer, just trying to get whatever scraps you can. 
it's like all of a sudden you're at least standing now. Yeah. And you, that momentum and that feeling, and, you know, I will say, did it get any easier on the outside? No. And it actually got harder from there on the outside and with what was going on with my husband. But inside of me, it got better. Yeah. Picking yourself up sometimes is the hardest part. Getting started is the hardest part. And I think that's true with a lot of things that we have to deal with in life is just getting started. Absolutely. And once you, once you get started, it's almost like that snowball effect. The momentum starts to go and it gets easier and easier and you get farther along and farther along where before you even start the snowball down the hill, you're just up there waiting or I don't know, like the, the energy just shifts around it and it gets some momentum with it. Yeah. And in the moment it can be hard to see. It's like, you know, our day to day when we're in the day to day, it seems like time just drags and we're not making any forward motion. But then, you know, you look back a week, a month, a year, and you're like, wow, I guess I did make a lot of progress. But in the moment, sometimes it feels like you're still treading water. Um, you know, so it's important too to realize, like you said, it doesn't fix all things and it's not immediate. And I'm sure you're still doing a good amount of healing and processing from that. But like you oh, said, it yeah. does get easier, you know, and you are able to make those realizations from an experience that happened to you before. And you let that lead into other experiences that are going to happen to you in the future. And you remember the place that you were in to help you get through what's going on now. If that Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh no, that makes complete sense. And the more you do it, the easier it is when something happens the next time to remember, okay, I've already been here. I've already been through this. Or if it's something different, you're like, Hey, I've already walked through this other thing. So I got this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you said it got worse before it got better. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. So the way it got worse was for my husband. He actually physically drunk himself to death. And what, what was happening inside of his body, because he was not eating or drinking water or fluids, he was literally just consuming alcohol. Sure. He, his sodium got to the point of, it was 101 when we got to the hospital that day. Wow. But what I, what happened here at home was he had been really lethargic for about a month. Like he was just kind of laying around. I could tell there was like something was very wrong with him, but he is a very stubborn man and would not go to the doctor. And so I just kept going on with my life and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll see you when I get home today or, and I just kept doing my thing. And there was this one day that I was supposed to go to work, which I praise God now that I got that I called out because I just had that feeling, you know, like you do not need to go to work today. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that I trusted that feeling because so my husband got up and was get was walking into our bedroom and all of a sudden he collapsed and started seizing in front of me. Oh my gosh. So I get my phone and I call 911 and as I'm on the phone with her telling her my address and what's going on, I look over and he's blue. Like he has no breath. The seizures, he had actually 
you know, he was not breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get too uh, graphic, but so I, I remember I like threw the phone down and I gave him CPR and it brought him back. And then the ambulance came, they took him to the hospital. They, we were in the ER for about 17 hours and then they took him up to ICU. Well, in ICU at the specific hospital we were at, you could visit for 30 minutes and then for an hour and a half, you couldn't be in there. And then you could visit for 30 minutes and then an hour and a half, you couldn't be in there. So we started down or so I stayed with him for the first 30 minutes and I had been sitting there feeding him lunch. Cause I mean, at this point his sodium was so low, he couldn't even like move his arms. And I mean, it was bad. Yeah. And I just fed him lunch and I left for that hour and a half that I had to leave. And I had just walked out of the hospital. I mean, I, it wasn't even two minutes and I hadn't even made it to my car yet. And I get a phone call and they say, your husband coded, he's dead, but they're trying to bring him back. Oh my gosh. And so I ran up there and in the hallway, I could see everyone around him. I could see them using the paddles. And I had this like out of body experience moment where then it became, did I want him to live? You know, like. Would it have been easier? Right. Right. Yeah. Like if this was the end and all this stuff we've gone through, would it be easier just for him to go on? And Samantha, Wait. I just want to stop for a second and tell you how brave you are and I'm going to tear up <laughs> um, because I, I know when you are battling addiction with a loved one and you have gone to the links to help this person and you're going through this journey with them, it is so overwhelming. And sometimes you're not alone to feel that because mm -hmm you know what it feels like to be in this daunting place of overwhelm because of it. And it, you're not wrong. You're not a bad person for feeling that way. And I've heard that from so many other people that have gone through similar is. Yeah. Would this be easier if I either removed myself or if the other person was no longer here. So, and in, in that moment, I honestly believed he was a Christian. <laughs> Because he had grown up in the church. His right. grandmother is like the most godly woman that I know. She's the one everyone calls. When something's going on, you call Nana for prayer, you know? Like, right. And so I assumed he was a Christian. And so I thought, wow, even for him, life would be easier. Like he would be at peace. Sure. And it, in that moment, it was just like, no, like I will continue to walk through this with him if you will let him stay, God. Like, I know you did not tell me to be loyal for it to just be over with now. Yeah. And so for three days, he was on a ventilator and the ventilator was breathing for him. And they had to do all of the, you know, to see if he had brain activity. And, um, during those three days, it was 30 minutes at the hospital, an hour and a half in the parking lot. 30 minutes in the hospital, an hour and a half in the parking lot. 
because I couldn't handle being in the waiting room. I just couldn't do it. And yeah, well, and how mentally exhausting is that? And then, of course, to have that experience happen, like every time I would leave the room, I would just fear another, you know, bad phone call. call. I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm almost thankful looking back now that I did have that hour and a half all throughout the day. I mean, I would kind of wish they would break it up differently, but whatever. And because during those times I would go to my car and I would just cry and I would talk with God and I'd read my Bible and God has never once told me to fast up until that point. I had never heard the Holy Spirit tell me to fast and I felt so heavy in my spirit. You need to fast until he wakes up. And so for three days, I didn't eat anything because I, I wanted him to wake up Yeah. as much as we had gone through it, as much as I couldn't stand to even look at him at times, I wanted him to wake up. So hard. Yeah. And so after that, he did wake up and. Total, we were in the hospital for 15 days. And it's almost comical how bad my life was. <laughs> because as we were leaving the hospital, the day that, like, okay, so on day like 13 of being in the hospital, he had another moment of not being able to breathe and they had to put like a CPAP machine on him because his oxygen got down to 72%. Oh, wow. And at 90% is when they normally put oxygen on you. And his got all the way to 72. Like he physically could not breathe because they had been giving him fluids, trying to get his kidneys to start because during all of this, his kidneys shut down. They thought they were going to put him on dialysis. And there was this one doctor that was, and I know it was God ordained, this one doctor that fought for him and said, no, he's young enough. If we can just push the fluids he, his kidneys will start again on their own. Yeah. And so they did. And, you know, so anyways, I'm literally in the parking lot again, going to get my car to drive around to pick him up. And I get another phone call. And this phone call says, we found your dad at his house. He's in a diabetic coma and we can't get him to wake up and we're taking him to a different hospital. Oh no, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I, I get... started laughing a second ago because looking back on it now, like oh, and like you said that the, so bad. The little bit of reprieve that you got while you were in the car was almost a, a blessing, like you said, to allow yourself to grieve and have those moments that you needed for your own spirituality and your own respite and I guess refueling a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was just preparing you for another difficult time. Yeah. And in that moment, I knew my dad wasn't a Christian and, but I also knew I couldn't get to him. And even if I did get to him, he was in a coma, so it wouldn't matter really. And so all I did was pray and I was like, God, if you will just give me some more time with him, like get him through this so I can have enough time to make sure he comes to heaven. Cause I am a daddy's girl through and through and I'm his only kid. 
and all that mattered. Like, if it's if it if his time is over with on earth, that's okay. If I know he's going to heaven, <laughs> but yeah. if I don't know that he's going to heaven, that it's not okay. Like it's not time yet. Then <laughs> <Is that> God, <laughs> not yeah. today. Not today. And so my dad ended up being in the hospital for forty five days. He came out on dialysis, and what that did was that gave me about a four month time frame with him, where I was the one taking him to dialysis each day, or every other day. It was three times a week. And in the car, I would play Christian music, and I didn't want to force God down his throat, but I wanted him to know that, like, that's what was important. You know, he was on dialysis. His body was shutting down. And so through that time, so my dad would come in and out of the hospital because his body was just so weak and heart failure and a bunch of different stuff. And one of the times that he was in the hospital... When once Jason had gotten a little better and was to the point where he was no longer drinking because through all of that, it broke off the alcoholism. And um, Jason actually went to the hospital and was the one that prayed to get my dad saved. It's like a beautiful full circle story of his journey and how. What a wonderful thing for your marriage too, coming out of such a hard time and still in the trenches of a difficult time on a whole nother level for him to be there with you must've been everything that you had wanted and asked for all this time, even yeah. though, <laughs> even though obviously this was not an ideal situation, but to have some good that came out of that must've yeah. just felt very good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time it, it felt almost impossible and surreal and like not real all at the same time. Yeah. Like, is this really happening? Cause just a few months ago, like it was bad. And did you and, ever question your faith through all of this? I mean, cause what a trying, uh, he threw it at you and he said, this is, <laughs> let this be a test, Samantha. <laughs> Yeah. And yes, of course, like I still have, I actually, truly, I question my faith now some days more than I did back then. Mm, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So like back then I was so desperate and so broken that I had no other choice. I mean, I did have a choice, but inside of me, I knew that nothing else could help me but God and my relationship with God and the peace that he could give me and the ways that he could help me. And nowadays when things are going normal and I'm like, you know, doing a podcast episode or, or, or doing something or an organizing session or whatever I'm doing and life seems to be going good, which it is, it's going great. I love my life. I'm not complaining. God, <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but you know, now I'm going through days and randomly, like I don't hear from him like I used to because I don't need to hear from him like I used to. I still hear from him every day. I still talk with him, but that overwhelming, tangible feeling of God being with you when you are broken and in your place of desperation 
is a gift. Yeah. And you're in a different place right now. Right. Where I still talk to him. I just don't need that right now. Like, and, and that's okay. That's a good thing in some ways. But then there's other days that I'm like, well, if I don't feel him, am I still with him? Or, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, those stupid thoughts (laughs) that come through our head. (laughs) You're only human at the end of the day, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have quite the story and you have overcome like I said, more than a lot of us, um, what, what can you tell the woman listening that is going through something like this or is questioning her faith or is just stuck in a situation and, and needs that word that you were given to remind herself that she's in the right place, even though it's hard. Like what, what could you tell her? Well, what would you tell yourself? I suppose if, Again, you know, looking back. Yeah, I actually just the other day, <laughs> my my life coach, because I feel like I was out of integrity if I didn't have my own coach. So I make sure to keep my own coach because I want other people to coach with me. Yeah, so, that's important. Yeah, so my own coach the other day asked me that exact same question. And looking back at who I was then, if I could tell her anything and if I could tell the listener that is listening, that feels like she's in that place is first off, you've got to find somebody that you can be honest with because I think I did a lot more detriment to myself than I had to by keeping it all inside. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly the reason I even started the Her Healed Heart podcast and like my life coaching is because I can inside of myself, I can literally see myself like coming up beside that woman that's still in it and like using my stability and my faith and what I've already walked through to like link arms with her and help give her support as she's walking through this. I love that. And so first and foremost, I would just say, if possible, find, try to find someone that you truly can weep with because for your own sanity, (laughs) you have got to allow yourself to weep. And the second thing is just relying on God. Like I would not have gotten through any of this if it hadn't been for God. And I know now that my husband's saved, but when he was, when he died in front, you know, in front of me and the whole hospital thing happened, when him and I talked after that, like he now says that he doesn't think he would have went to heaven if he died that day. Wow. And so my point in telling you that is you really don't know what you're doing for someone or, you know, if he had died, he wouldn't have went to heaven and neither would my dad. And so for me, we just, we don't know what God's doing right? and to remember that he is working it together for our good. All of the struggles, all of the things we're walking through. Yeah, they suck. Like it sucks. <laughs> and I am so sorry, truly that you are having to go through this, but I promise you, if you will hold on just a little longer, God will work it for your good and for the good of those that you love. 
because ultimately I know a lot of us, most of the time, we're not as concerned with ourselves, but we're more concerned about our loved ones. Mm -hmm. And God is doing a work in their life. And the closer you get to God, the more you can pray for them, the more powerfully he's going to show up. Yeah. And so trust. Yeah. And lean into your relationship with him. He will catch you. Like he will put his arms around you and love on you and help you have support in those moments for sure. Yeah. And I think it helped you really become in tune with and more comfortable with listening to your intuition and what felt right because you were allowing him to guide you. And so you leaned, like you said, you just did the trust fall with him and you're like, catch catch me. (laughs) Yeah. And through that, you were really able to say, this is, this feels right. This is what I need to do because this is what I am. I'm feeling is the right thing. This is what he's telling me to do. And that's what you went with. And it worked itself out, like you said. And in the moment, it feels like it's never going to work out. It's very difficult. Um, But you're living proof that what could have broke you made you stronger. And you're here Mm -hmm. talking about it and sharing it. And I thank you so much for doing that. And it's going to help so many other people that are feeling exactly what you felt and knowing that there is light at the end and you just, you have to, you have to trust. And like you said, it. what else do you have to lose in these moments where there is nothing left <laughs> to lose? Like what, what more, you know? Um, right. So that's beautiful. And I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. And I love that you are still, you know, you have your own coach that you're working with to help you. Like I said, it, it never really ends. It just, it changes and it becomes easier. So, yeah. And you know, honestly, like, I just want to speak to whoever's listening. God had you listen to this for a reason. Like there's a reason that you're listening to this episode at this time. And so if I could say anything to you, it's that a, you're not crazy. (laughs) B, you are not alone. Because you're not, even if it's reaching out to me or Stacy, or there are so many options out there for you, but I promise you, you are not alone. You are not some, you know, I don't know. I used to feel like I was some, like it was only happening to me and I was the only one going through it and, and how awful my life was and almost like a unicorn, but in a bad way, (laughs) you know? And so I've. I promise you, you are not a unicorn in a bad way (laughs) and that God does have a plan and, you know, just, just listen to your, to your intuition, to your gut, pray, ask God to show up. He will ask him to, to show himself to you and he will. And if that feeling of, of God, because a lot of times it's that still small voice and it's that that feeling that you get of, you know, love and joy and peace and all the fruits of the spirit. That's when you know that it's God. And I know sometimes it's hard to discern between our own feelings and God. But I know for me at that time, I was so broken and I had no love, joy, peace, patience, none of that stuff inside of myself. Mm -hmm. So when it would show up and I would feel it, it's like, oh, this has to be God because this, I don't, I don't have any of these. (laughs) 
I know this isn't me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I promise you're not alone. And I honestly, if, if it's a conversation that you need to have, please reach out to one of us because we have been there and we know what you're going through. And this is why we are doing what we're doing between both of our podcasts and both of our coaching is to help support you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you are not alone, even when it feels like it, you don't have to be because there are people to reach out to. And even though you think that you're that ugly unicorn out there, <laughs> I love yeah. that reference, um, yeah. that there are so many other people going through very similar. And it's important, like you said, to have these conversations because we shouldn't feel like we can't have these conversations. And that's the only way that we're going to heal ourselves and one another. And I just, I love that. So where, if somebody wants to reach out to you, Sam, where can they reach you at? Um, so it's herhealedheart.com. And on there, it has all of the, like the Facebook links, the email link, all of that. But um, it's H-E-R-H-E-A-L-E-D, her healed, and then heart, H-E-A-R-T.com. Awesome. All right. Well, I thank you again for being here and for being vulnerable and just showing up for the person that needs to hear this today. Yeah. And remember, whoever's listening, you are so loved. Amen. All right. And real quick, before we head on out of here, I just want to remind you that you can connect with Sam. All of her information will be in the show notes. And I have a new Facebook group where it's just a private sisterhood for us to hang out it is really low key, but it's also a place where we can all connect and be vulnerable and just show up as ourselves without having to apologize, without having to worry about judgment. It's just a super chill place and I welcome you to come in. It's not anything that is going to require you a whole lot of time because I know we're trying to save our time, but we're also trying to dig more into ourselves and give ourselves a little bit more time back for us. So if that sounds like a space for you, go ahead and check that out. Otherwise, I will leave you to your weekend and I will talk to you very soon. Bye.